Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Shalom Yudim, Shalom Le'Bnei Noach, Shalom Le'Goyim. It's the evening of the fourth day, Erev Rosh Chodesh Beis Adal, Parashas Teruma, Tashin Pei Gimel 5783, the evening of the third day, Tuesday, 21 February 2023. You're listening to Phantom Nation, the last in a series of six podcasts sponsored by Floridians for Israel Institute at gmail.com on uh, IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com, coming to you from one of the two arenas yesterday in which verbal Jewbashing was on display. Uh, one arena was located in Jerusalem, the other one in New York City. The two cities with the largest Jewish populations on the planet, what a coincidence. In New York, the Security Council of the United Nations, that's the highest and most powerful unit in that organization, it is de facto the planetary government, uh, the Security Council issued a statement, not a resolution, redolent with sub-rows or anti-Jew expressions. Uh, the statement was the result of the new government in Jerusalem announcing uh, the building of 9,000 more homes for Jewish families in Judea and Samaria. Uh, reacting to that, at the UN, Israel's so-called new friend, the UAE, drafted a resolution on behalf of the Ishmaelites in Eretz Yisrael, bashing the Jews for planning to build these thousands more homes for Jewish families in Judea and Samaria. No, the council, of course, did not call them that. They referred to them, to them as settlement units. The anti-Jew-Jew Anthony Blinken also used this language, settlement units. The U.S. did not want to use its veto for another resolution, so it brokered a deal between Israel and the hologramic Palestinian state that has a seat in the U.N. building as a state. Uh, the agreement was to... Uh, not vote on a resolution, but uh, just issue a statement after Israel, the PM, uh, and the uh, enemy agreed to put on hold for some weeks, unspecified, any movement toward that goal. The prime minister yesterday called the text that was issued, the statement, one-sided, and he no less uh, criticized the United States for supporting this draft. A rare pushback for him uh, against our mainstay backer. I've long thought that Bibi was too timid with America. This was a good sign. But he also surprised by saying something I don't think he has ever said. Quote, The UN Security Council has released a one-sided statement that disregards the Jewish people's right to live in their ancestral homeland. Close quote. And the novelty here is uh, claiming the Jewish people have the right to live in Judea and Samaria which political official Israel never has said, never demands the right to uh, have that respected, never fights for recognition of this right. Judea and Samaria have become the last patch of dry land on this planet where it is the height of political justice to bar Jews from living in Judea and Samaria. The consensus uh, d d displayed within the nations, uh, the United Nations organization, uh, is that uh, this land belongs to the ancient nation of Palestinians. The indigenous or aboriginal inhabitants of this country. And I say there must be some connection uh, to the uh, similar lunacy of sexual behavior off the rails 
It was the Jews who inserted sexual morality into male-female relations. But today, the um, ship of sexual morality has run up on the rocks, and not coincidentally, open Jew hatred is back in fashion. It is now politically and socially correct, uh, socially proper, uh, to inform people of what you do with your private parts. Do it so in public. Which behavior is clearly anti-nature, and the Jews have always thought that, and for this they are hated. Prime Minister Netanyahu yesterday said what he has never said before, addressing the right of Jews to live in Judea and Samaria. Samaria, Judea, Judea, whence cometh the very name of the Jewish people? One symptom of the mental disorder of Jew hatred is the craziness of this uh, linguistic oddity. The world agrees that the Jews must not live in Judea. The Jews are foreigners in Judea. In this statement from the Security Council, we read that the Security Council reiterates that continuing Jewish settlement settlement activities are dangerously imperiling the viability of the two-state solution based on the 1967 lines, close quote. Translation, uh, contrary to human history, during which it has been common wisdom that to the victor go the spoils, uh, contrary to that, the Jews are not entitled. For example, the United States fought a two-year war with Mexico in the 19th century, won the war, and kept a third of Mexico. But Israel must, absolutely must, retreat to the lines that existed in June 1967 because the Jews have no right to keep the spoils of war. Uniquely in human history, the Jews must return what they took from the Jordanians. When the U.S. went to war against Mexico in 1846, one very tall but as yet unfamous Illinois congressman named Lincoln opposed the war. And he said it was some kind of imperial land grab, and he was not alone. A famous writer at the time, Henry David Thoreau, went to jail rather than join the army and fight in that war. Israel, though, in 1967, unlike the victorious United States in 1848, uh, Israel did not initiate uh, that war but was the victim that, in self-defense, drove the Jordanian army off the high ground that is Judean Samaria, made the Jordanians retreat to go back across the Jordan River, whence that army had come in, in 1940 illegally. Israel took uh, this real estate in self-defense, but unfortunately Israel has never fought for its right to keep the spoils of this war. A huge part of the problem is that uh, chronic Jewish disability of uh, having an excess of compassion. Israelis had no desire in the first week of June 1967 to drive the Jordanians out and take the land. It happened all of a sudden. Uh, For two weeks before that war, every night in Arab capitals, there were mass rallies, literally millions of Arabs wailing, slaughter the Jews, let's finish Hitler's work. But then, all of a sudden, uh, in six days, really, in only one day, and after the Israeli Air Force destroyed all the enemy's air forces, and Israel, as if miraculously, in a flash, went from being terrorized and fearful of Holocaust number two to the exaltation of defeating a huge menace. So what Israel wanted virtually reflexively as soon as the war ended was to give it back if it could in exchange for true peace. Uh, Israel did not go to war to take land but to survive. And now that Israel had the land, they would use it as a bait. They would return what they took in exchange for peace. But that never happened. And one reason why uh, the Security Council can issue such an anti-Semitic text is that Israelis to this day don't realize 
the entirety of the Palestinian movement for national liberation is a complete hoax, the greatest psychological warfare campaign in history, which has succeeded in large measure thanks to Israel's inability, uh, its refusal perhaps to shoot down all the lies told about us and the so-called ancient Palestinian people victimized by us Zionists. This is not the history of this country over the last century and a half. The Council's statement concludes with concern for the future of the two-state solution, which Israel never attempts to demolish. That cosmic lie, the two-state solution, was the brainchild of atheists hostile to the Jewish religion. Balin, Rabin, Paris, and cohorts, Pundak, Hirschfeld, and all the post-religious Jews in Israel and the lands of our exile. The two-state solution was the product of these lefties. And the Israeli right has never told the world that this big idea was a bloody flop and Israel feels no obligation to work with it anymore. Israel does not have to hand over Judea and Samaria to the people who murder us all the time at random, all the time, and build monuments to their assassins, assassins etymologically rooted in the Arabic language of these brutal people.
And that was the inventive Daniel Javier. So uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu yesterday reacted to the UN statement, uh, that text that, quote, he said, ignores Palestinian terrorist attacks, turns a blind eye to the Palestinians funding terrorism, and displays the anti-Semitism that led to the Holocaust. That statement never should have been issued, and the U.S. should never have joined it, close quote. Yes, but I wish he would delete from his vocabulary some of these words and expressions like Palestinian terrorist attacks. Uh, there's nothing Palestinian about these people who do these things. <clears throat> also should go is the word terrorism. It has no meaning anymore. Uh, and the goal is not terrorism of these murderers. Uh, it's the shedding of Jewish blood. A picture is worth a thousand words, and that was true in 2000 when we saw that picture in the newspaper photograph of one of the barbarians in that police station in Ramallah at the onset of the so-called Second Intifada, grinning maniacally as he displayed to the mob his hands dripping with innocent Jewish blood uh, of uh, the two reservists who were captured and beaten to death. Their faces were so smashed they could only be identified via DNA. Uh, <clears throat> that is who the enemy is. There's nothing Palestinian about these people. Their ideology is not terrorism. It's Islam. Terrorism, in any case, has lost all impact. What Israelis need to do is be honest with themselves and, and tell the world, look, no sane Jew who lives here thinks it would be a good idea to evacuate the hills of Judea and Samaria, turning them into a state for the Palestinians. So let's put the idea of the two-state solution to bed. And more graphically, let's put it underground. Let's bury that idea. And since we can never retreat from the Jordan River, <clears throat> we should rule uh, in the belief that we are here as of right and are the sovereign owners of this land. And no, we will tell the world we're not going to give citizenship to this enemy people, leastwise most of them, all the Muslims, whose every terrorist attack is a crime against humanity, the humanity of innocent individual Jews who do not deserve to be murdered by these cruel, violent Arabs uh, whose religion is as hateful to Jews uh, as the Roman Catholic Church ever was over the millennia. The two-state solution is a modern version of the legend of the wandering Jew, the homeless Jew, the rootless Jew. Uh, he was cursed by Jesus because he refused to give him water when he was thirsty. Uh, and in fact, uh, not until the late 18th century did Jews begin to get citizenship uh, and the right to live uh, on the land that they lived on and not be driven off capriciously because they had no rights. I imagine it is little known that every month the Security Council addresses Israel's abuse of the victims of Zionism. Once a month they meet to discuss the situation here. And Israel is regarded as the only national movement for liberation in the United Nations, to join the United Nations, whose national movement was smeared as being a form of racism. That was the language in 1975. The UN took over from the League of Nations in 1945, uh, with 51 founding nation-states, and over the years since then, another 142 states have joined, each one commonly after a period of uh, pushing for independence, a movement of national independence, liberation, with Israel judged the only political movement like that that was a form of racism. There are people that dwells alone. And again, this is illogical madness. The Jews are not a race. An individual Jew can be a racist, God forbid, 
but uh, he cannot find anything in the Jewish religion or culture, civilization, history to support any theory of race regarding Jews. Uh, race is literally something superficial, something you see. It's the color of skin, the texture of hair. That's it. On the contrary, Israel may be the most racially mixed state on the planet. Since Jews came from 130 countries to bring the land back to life, uh, many of whose forebears were converts, the Jews lived all over the globe for 18 centuries, Jew hatred commonly manifests as some kind of disturbance in rationality, the inability to think clearly about Jews. In the news today, uh, we read of the passing of a very popular author of children's books, uh, often turned into success to successful Hollywood movies, Roald Dahl, who reminds me of a similar author in Israel, among the Haredim, who was very popular, writing lovely children's books, but who was exposed as a sexual predator, a rapist, I think, and in the end he took his own life and did it on a gravestone in a cemetery. Roald Dahl's secret life, he's a Brit, was that uh, of a lunatic Jew-hating soulmate, uh, of fellow Brits like Roger Waters and Jeremy Corbyn and George Galloway and Ken Livingston. My own first introduction to British anti-Semitism was in reading, at about the age 13, a pre-war detective story by Agatha Christie, in which, at a dinner party, someone made a Jew joke, and in context, the joker was not seen as ill-mannered, but witty. Anti-Semitism is truly a mental disorder, for it manifests in delusions of Jews doing evil things and commonly in extraordinary cooperation. Among them, the Jews are like drones in a beehive, all serving uh, the queen bee or ants in an ant colony, all working together. That was the case in Toronto a couple years back of a Jewish scientist working in some laboratory during one of the Israeli-Hamas exchanges of uh, ordnance who was greeted uh, one workday morning by a colleague angry at a news report that Israelis were killing ancient Palestinian children, who sarcastically said something to him as if he was responsible. The entirety of the Palestinian cause is a lie that Israel has never stood up to. Worse, it participates in perpetuating the lie by calling these people Palestinians and never challenging their claim to, for example, having suffered a Nakba just like the Jews suffer their Holocaust, only in that fantasy the Jews are in the role of sadistic Nazis oppressing innocent Palestinians, stealing their whole country from them. What Israel needs to do is produce a TV documentary film like the famous uh, Pillar of Fire, produced by Israeli TV decades ago, uh, the history of Zionism uh, and Israel. Only in this one, uh, they need to expose the lies that the Arabs tell themselves about being Palestinians, and teach their children. Pillar of Fire was, of course, narrated in Hebrew. This one should be narrated in Arabic. And uh, copies made available uh, online so all Arabs everywhere can learn the truth of this lie, this anti-Semitic lie of there being a Palestinian people with rights. Such a documentary could also be dispersed uh, with the narration in other languages. Israel never fights back on the battlefield of language and propaganda, Public diplomacy is the nice word for it. The Prime Minister's uh, otherwise fine statement yesterday was slightly marred by associating the Jew hate for the Palestinians with the anti-Semitism that led to the Holocaust. What needs to be told is the truth that long before the rise of anti-Semitism in 19th century Germany and the Holocaust, 
the Muslims had been persecuting the Jews every day for 14 centuries. And that was David Gerwitz. And you're listening to the program program on phantomnation.com. So, uh, so much for the routine lunacy in the halls of New York's uh, United Nations headquarters and the obsession there with us Jews living on a strip of land some 50 miles wide. And as I said at the opening, in Jerusalem, no less, uh, there was anti-Jew action in the Knesset of Israel by representatives 
of a minority of the citizens here acting out their hatred and envy of Mr. Netanyahu and uh, whom he represents, the majority of the voters, the government presented the first part of its policy or tried to pre present it uh, uh, regarding the reforming of the judicial system and the opposition went crazy with the beha behavior of spoiled brats denied another piece of candy. There is a Knesset TV channel allowing us to see what goes on in that chamber, and it was an embarrassment, the likes of which I had not felt about Israel since the handshakes on the White House lawn between Rabin and Perez and Arafat and Abbas. How embarrassing, how weird. In the name of defending democracy, these opponents of the government uh, do not respect the right of the government minister of justice to present his position. They shouted him down. They wouldn't let him talk. Cancel culture. One of my fantasies for Israel is forcing all MKs at the beginning of a seasonal session to watch a video of London's House of Commons in uh, operation, uh, noting its civility, its tradition of debate, which includes sarcasm and mockery and truth-telling, but never denying the opposition the right to speak. That is the behavior of a mob that has no respect for democracy, which implicitly means mutual respect between political camps. In the name of democracy, these opponents of the judicial reform have no accurate comprehension of how a democracy is supposed to work. Yesterday morning as well, some uh, before the session began, some yahoos on the left prevented some MKs from uh, leaving their homes to travel to the Knesset to vote. It physically prevented them, blocked them on the streets, and the police had to be called to remove the blockades. These people who do these things are an embarrassment for their behavior and really intellectual deficits. The principal instrument of democracy is the assembly of representatives of the people. It is not a panel of judges who believe about themselves that they have the knowledge and wisdom to pass judgment on everything and everyone. In the name of democracy, these commonly anti-religious boors in the Knesset prevented the People's House from doing its democratic business. Uh, M.K. from Yatid Party, Yeshatid, Ram Ben Barak, a former Mossad agent, accused the government of destroying all that was built over 75 years and likened the new, new administration to the Nazis. MKs uh, had to be restrained physically, manhandled out of the chamber. Knesset Speaker uh, Amir Ohana had ushers forcibly take the Israeli flags they had brought in uh, for a demonstration, which is against the rules. Uh, the session was a cousin of what I see nightly on TV panel discussions on the different culture and political issues on different stations. Commonly, you see a panel of, say, five often political soulmates on the station, five people sitting around or along a curved table, all of them shouting at it one another simultaneously. These Israelis have no idea how to deal with people who disagree with them without turning them into Nazis and destroyers and traitors. So this behavior may be rooted in the tragic reality that this is a people in which an unhealthy segment does not like being part of this people and wants to destroy it if not physically, then spiritually. They're the ones destroying democracy, psychologically projecting that onto the uh, coalition that runs the country now. The opposition here to the judicial reform program is a result of the opposition 
knowing that the high court, as it is currently uh, constituted, is politically on their side in one issue after another, uh, faithful to the corruption in the West that they emulate. And they are hostile to religion, as in the West, and hostile to religious settlers in Judea and Samaria. Uh, and they support the so-called Palestinians. They smile on sexual licentiousness. All this garbage about destroying democracy is verbal camouflage.
And that was Mickey Rosenbaum doing a couple of verses from the book of Ruth. Whoa, chapter 1, verse 16, and chapter 4, verse 11. Okay, this has been podcast number six in a series of six weekly podcasts of Phantom Nation. The title is Well of a Book of the Same Name, sponsored by Floridians for Israel Institute at gmail.com. More than one reader has called it the best book ever. It's a great read on the war against Israel by Islam, currently camouflaged as the putatively primeval Palestinian people about whom there is nothing Palestinian. For those who appreciate these podcasts and have the heart to help support an old man with some tzedakah by subscribing for three such podcasts a week, each costs the bargain basement price of $1.25. And if so, go to www.phantom-nation.com. I'm Shai Bentakoa. If you love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel, plus little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. If you're hearing this message, everyone else can too. Advertise with Israel News Talk Radio and get your message out to people. We'll build a personalized package for you. Contact advertising at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Straight talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Hey, this is Jake in Anchorage, Alaska, and I love listening to all the super interesting interviews and up-to-date information on what's happening in Israel. Hello, this is Anna King, originally from London, now living in Israel. And what can I say? Israel News Talk Radio is my cup of tea. My name is Bhaskar. I'm from India, and I love listening because you get to know the truth and wonderful voices from this lovely country. Mom! Okay, wait a minute. Hi, this is Chava Dax, and I'm calling for the rolling hills of Malaya Dumim, just north of Jerusalem. I always listen to Israel News Talk Radio to get all the latest news and commentary and to keep me up to date every day. This is Sarah Dax from Malaya Dumim, and I'm 12. I wish Israel News Talk Radio was boring so my mom wouldn't listen to it all the time. Mom! You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio.